Hey, we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 8 this morning, so if you have a, a Bible and you want to follow along, go ahead and turn over to Luke chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible or if you prefer, the scriptures are going to be up here on the screen for you. And I just want to tell you, even before I get started, if it seems like I'm moving quickly, it's because I am. I've got a lot to say this morning, and I don't want to uh, abuse my time too much. In 1818, there was a boy born into a Jewish family, but when he was six years old, he was baptized into the Lutheran church. At 16, he was confirmed, and at 17, he wrote these words, our heart, reason, history, and the work of Christ convince us that without him, we can achieve Nothing. Without him, we are doomed. Only Christ can save us. That's pretty deep thinking for a a 17-year-old. I was thinking it must have been in Pastor Rogers' youth group there because uh, I know the youth of this church think deeply. (laughs) This young man, to graduate from high school, had to write a paper on some religious subject And he chose uh, the union of believers in Christ from John chapter 15. He went on to write, The fruit of our union with Christ is our willingness to sacrifice ourselves for our fellow man. I want you to hear that again. The fruit of our union with Christ or the result of our union with Christ, or you may even say the evidence of, of our union with Christ is our willingness to sacrifice ourselves for our fellow man. That's, that's pretty good. You could preach on that, couldn't you? you do you agree with, with that? Okay, heads move. <laughs> yes, you agree with what I just read. Okay, uh, the young man that wrote that, his name was Karl Marx. Ten years later, This boy who had been so passionate about a relationship with Jesus had completely thrown off any form of religion, had become a militant atheist, and written a book called The Communist Manifesto. So what happened in 10 years? His community changed. Those around him changed changed. His support group had changed. And it just goes to show us that even if we have an understanding of something at one time, if we don't have the right community, we can fall prey to the enemy to such a degree that we might even begin to rail against the things that we once championed. We've been in a sermon series called Farming in 3D, looking at the parable of the sower or the parable of the farmer from three different perspectives. And those perspectives happen to be our church vision, connect with God, connect with others, and create community. The first week, we talked about sowing seeds so uh, people could connect with God, Last week, we talked about sowing seeds so people can connect with others. And this morning, we're going to talk about sowing seeds 
so we can build community. The first two were very personal. We're connecting one person to God. We're helping one person connect with somebody else. But this morning, we're talking corporately. We're talking about our vision as a church to build community. Do you follow me? All right. You in Luke chapter 8? Luke 8, starting in verse 4 said, one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed, and he scattered it across the field. Some seeds fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seeds fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked it out, choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And just like we've said the last two weeks when we read it out of Matthew, then we read it out of Luke, we or out of Mark, we want to have ears to hear. We want to listen and hear what Jesus is saying and what God is saying, and we want to understand. And the first thing that we need to understand is that his church, Jesus means his church to represent earthly community just as he, the Father, and the Spirit represent a heavenly community. Okay? You're staring at me like, okay, this is bad already. Just hurry up and we'll get done. (laughs) The Trinity shows us three distinct characters that honor, support, and work for the fulfillment of the kingdom in complete unity. In John 17, 22, Jesus said, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. Why is unity so important? Jesus answers the question in the very next verse. John 17, 23, he said, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Unity is important in the community because it demonstrates the love of God. It demonstrates and even convinces the world that Jesus is who he said he was. Do you realize that we carry the weight of community and we carry the weight of unity? So this morning I want to show you four ways to build unity in our community. Back in Luke chapter 8, we'll drop down to verse 12 where Jesus begins to explain the parable to his disciples. It says, The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. 
So here's the first thing that we can do to build unity in our community. We have to evangelize our community. Our community here, us, New Covenant Church, we've got to be willing to evangelize our greater community outside of the four walls of this church. The devil does not win in our community. See, the scripture says that the devil comes and takes away the seed from their hearts. But in our community, the devil does not win. I hope that you understand that the devil is a defeated foe. Sometimes the world likes to think that there's this cosmic battle going on between God and the devil, and we're not sure who's going to win. There's already been a winner. There's already been a victor. Yeah, Jesus said, "Mm, yeah, I saw him fall like lightning. Just like that. When Satan said, I will lift up my throne, I will be like the most high, bang, no, you won't. It was that fast. There is no contest. Satan is already defeated. The only authority that he has is the authority we give him. Romans 5.20 out of the contemporary English version says, The law came so that the full power of sin could be seen. Yet where sin was powerful, God's kindness was even more powerful. See, we're not going to shy away from engaging the greater community of East Texas because it doesn't matter what's going on in their life. It doesn't matter what kind of sin they may be into. The grace and the kindness of God is greater. Say greater. Greater. Okay, I'm just making sure you're awake. We have authority here in Tyler. I know it seems like we're just a small church in a small city in a state of one of 50. But we have authority here in this realm where God has put us. We have authority. So we need to step out and use that authority to bring people into the kingdom of God. We need to have a coordinated effort as a church to take hope to our city. Now, some of the things I'm doing, I'm just reminding you who we are. I'm talking about some of the things that we're doing, and I'm sowing a little bit of vision of where we want to go, all right? The, the outreach team already has the first six months of the year planned out. And I want to share a little bit of this with you. And it's not just the outreach team. The outreach team coordinates it. You get to be a part of it. You already heard about the the, the clothing drive that we're doing for for the homeless. You know that's scriptural? In James, uh, the the Bible tells us in James that if you see somebody with a need, don't just look at them and go, "Mm, I hope God meets your need. I'll be praying for you, brother. That's not the way we do it. It says if if you see somebody with need, do something to meet that need. And as we said last week, it's been said many, many times before, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If somebody is on the street and they're cold and you give them a coat, you've unlocked something to speak Jesus into their lives. That's why we do these things. Here's some other things that the the outreach team is planning. Valentine's with hospice patients. There are people laying in hospitals just waiting to die. 
They have no family. They have nobody. But you know what? They've got us. And we're going to get involved in their lives. The laundromat outreach. We've done that for the last uh, several years leading into to Easter. And what happens if, if you've not been around and you've not heard about this? We send people armed with bags of quarters, coffee, and donuts into a laundromat. We're going to meet their need. We're going to pay for them to get their clothes washed. And we're going to start a Jesus conversation with them. If they don't want to talk about Jesus, they can still have the quarters. We're just going to love people right where they are. And it has already borne fruit. There is a family in this church because of that outreach. Yeah, don't, don't patty cake. If you don't clap, clap. Single moms outreach. Here's something else that you can get involved in. Single moms outreach. Last year, here's a testimony. Last year, while the ladies had the single moms in the building ministering to them, we were ministering to the kids, they were feeding them, having Bible study with them, praying with them. The men were out in the parking lot washing and cleaning the cars. One of our guys saw one of the mom's cars and her tires were completely bald. I'm not talking a little bit bald. I'm talking completely bald. You looked in the back seat, and there's two car seats there. This lady was driving around with her two kids on completely bald tires. Spontaneously. This was not one of the pastors going, well, we need to meet that need. No, somebody walked up and said, that lady's tires are bald, and I want to give 50 bucks towards it. Somebody else gave 20. Somebody gave 100. Before you knew it, we had enough money to go down and buy the lady tires. She was so overwhelmed that people that did not even know her cared that much. But she had walked into our community. Here's the last, in in, uh, June, here's the plan, the outreach plan. Going into the neonatal ICU and rocking babies that have been born with addictions because mom was addicted rocking those babies, praying over those babies, and then ministering to the nurses that work in there. That's who we are. That is our community. Our community getting out of here and going into the greater community. And that's just a part of who we are. We've said around here for many, many years that we want to see God God move and minister around the world and across the street. So here's our plan to go across the street. What about around the world? Well, we just had a a mission team that just came back from from doing disaster relief in the Bahamas. We've got got a trip planned for Poland. You want to go to Poland? You want to go do a, a family camp? It's not just a youth camp. It's not just a kid's camp. It's a family camp. They're going to minister to the the young ones, the, the teenagers, and the adults. And you can go. You can go. There's other trips planned. India, maybe, maybe Cuba. And that's, that doesn't even include the monthly things that, that we do in Honduras, Costa Rica, Nepal, Romania, Belarus. You want to know more about who we are as a community in this world? Be here Saturday morning. This coming Saturday morning, two of our missionaries are going to be here. 
They're British. Come just to listen to them talk. (laughs) They're going to stir up the heart of evangelism and a heart for missions within this body. It's free. Nine to one. Come on. This is the footpath, the hard ground, but it's where God's kindness is powerful. So we have the choice to either leave people where they are or rescue them, and we've been called to be rescuers. The enemy thinks that the footpath is his territory, but we're invading it with our community and with the love of God. All right, let's move on. Luke 8, verse 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and then they fall away when they face temptation. So here's the second thing we can do to build unity in our community. We can disciple our community. Now I'm talking in-house, us. Disciple our community. The shallow roots are not a life sentence. You hear me? The shallow roots are not a life sentence. It's just a comment on the current status. It may be a fact right now, but facts can change. Truth doesn't change. Facts can change. And we're making it a priority at NCC to strengthen weak root systems. We're working right now. It's in very much the embryonic stage, but right now we're working on a step-by-step discipleship model. So no matter where you are, you're going to know what the next step is. There will always be a next step. There will always be a next step. It will never be, well, I wonder what I should be. Well, here's your next step. Here's your next step. So when people come in, when they commit to the process, we'll give them a pathway to be more spiritually healthy, more biblically grounded, more emotionally free than they've ever been. Walk them right down the path. We as a church, we need to follow the example of Barnabas. Barnabas was in Antioch, and he was like the guy, like the man. There, there, there was a move of God going on, and he was in charge. But he left Antioch to go find Paul at a time when nobody wanted Paul around. He went and got Paul. He discipled Paul. Could you imagine that, being the discipler of the preeminent apostle of the New Testament? But he wasn't done then. When he saw somebody else that was living in the rocks, a guy named Mark, he said, I'm going to disciple him as well, even over the, the objections of Paul, because Mark had gone with him once before, and he had quit. Well, you know what? That, that's what happens when people are living in the rocks. They spring up, and then they fall away. They spring up, and then they fall away. But if we're going to have the heart of real discipleship, we're going to have to understand people will spring up, and then they may fall away. But that's okay, because we're still going to be there to pull them back in. So Barnabas was pulling Mark back in, and he discipled him. And Mark goes on to write the very first gospel that was written. Paul even changes his mind about Mark. He told Timothy, hey, when you come, bring Mark with you because he's profitable for ministry. He's profitable for ministry. There are people living in the rocks that only need someone to believe in them, spend time with them, 
pour wisdom into them. True discipleship can take a person and help them develop the deep roots needed to be the person that God has called them to be. Verse 14, Luke 8, 14. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. So here's the third way that we're going to build unity in our community. We're going to equip our community. If community isn't established for the people in the thorns, we're going to lose some people who have amazing potential. The people in the thorns are already doers. We just have to help them focus on eternal things. Listen to the scripture again. It says, the message is crowded out. They've heard the message. They've heard the message, but it's crowded out. Why is it crowded out? Because of life, because of things, because of riches. These are people that want to do something. They want to go after something, and we've just got to give them something to do. We've got to help focus them on eternity, focus them on kingdom things. Here is where people need community to help them move into a place of destiny. Developing their passion and their kingdom purpose. Recognizing giftings and being given training on how to use those giftings. We say it all the time. All the ministry in this church is not going to be done from the people standing on this platform If this church is truly going to minister the way God has called it to minister, it's going to be the people of the body doing the ministry because you're gifted, you're called, you're anointed. People living in the thorns often look like they're ready because they're doers, they're goers. But they need some equipping to be successful. We give them too little attention, they'll drift away. Because they're going to be doing something. Community and equipping will focus people and prepare them for the next step. And the next step is in verse 15. Luke 8, 15. I'm doing good. I timed this like three times this morning, and I didn't get anywhere close to getting this done in 35 minutes. (laughs) The Lord hath delivered thee. <laughs> Luke eight fifteen, And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Here's the fourth way that we're building unity in our community. We're empowering our community. We've evangelized, we've discipled, we've equipped, and now it's time for release. God has sent some of you to this church for this very purpose. This church, NCC, we've always been like a hospital, an emergency room at times. And sometimes it's felt like 
that we're understaffed and the doctors are overworked. But no more. That's not the way God has called us to do this. God is raising up those who hear the heart of NCC. And they're willing to step into kingdom purpose. And some of you are destined to be here because of that. So let's be about our Father's business. Amen? Okay, there's one last thing that I want to do. Man, I did talk fast and get through this. I'm good. Mm -mm. There's one last thing that I want to do just to, just to, to, to illustrate community to you. If I could have my, my lovely assistant come up here. All right. This, this tool is meant to be connected to power. You are meant to be connected to God's power. You're meant to be in God's hands. You're meant to be used. But without connection, there's nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. You can put it on a shelf. It looks real good. You could put it in a chair and have it stare at me, and it's about as excited as some of you on Sunday mornings when I'm looking at you. <laughs> but we were created to be connected to power. So when we're connected to power, things work. But you know what? Just being connected, we're, not, we're still not ready to, to do anything, are we? We've got to have the giftings. Here's the giftings. God gifts us for a purpose. Oh, now, look. Come here. So now I'm connected to power. I understand some giftings. Man, I could do some, some things around here, right? But here's the issue. God's calling on your life. You need to go back there. I can be right around here, and I can almost be by myself. I'm connected to the power. I've got the gift. But I can't really get where God wants me to go by myself. This is community. And look, it's orange. That'll mean something to some of you who complain about me picking orange for church colors. This is community. Still connected to the power, right? There's, there's not been any disconnection. But what community does is allow us to go further than we could ever go by ourselves. See it? Kern is worrying about his base. See, some people think that we don't need community. I've had people tell me, oh, I can do everything God has called me to do right here by myself. 
And there's a level of truth in that, but you will never be able to be everything that God has called you to be without community. As someone once wrote, you can acquire everything in solitude except character. God's intention for us is to grow in character as we grow in community. What do I want you to know? If God has really planted you here at NCC, He has you here either to help, help with, or to be evangelized, discipled, equipped, released into your God-ordained purpose. What do I want you to feel? I want you to feel the excitement of standing on the edge of an encounter with your destiny and with the destiny of this church. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get plugged into community. I know just talking about this makes some people pull back. I was there. We pull back sometimes out of pride. I can do it by myself. But most of the time we pull back from community because we've been hurt. I don't mind sitting in your sanctuary. I don't mind singing a few songs. Just don't ask me to really connect. But without connection, we're never really going to be who God purposed for us to be. So I want you to ask the Lord, where are you in this whole scenario? Will you pray this prayer with me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me about engaging in the community of NCC? Will you help me lower my walls of defense that I've built to protect myself and enable me to trust again? I want to be everything that you have destined me to be inside this church, within my community, within my family, and in my life as a whole. Just listen to the Lord. What is He saying to you? Because we're not going to ask you to do anything that the Lord is not asking you to do. We're not going to be the kind of church that just begs people to do something because we've got a need. God's got enough people to fill the needs. We want you to be where you're supposed to be. Then you will be fulfilled in who you are. Father, we give you this. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us when we were living on the hard path. Thank you for loving us when we were living in the rocks. Thank you for love us, loving us when we were living in the thorns. And Lord, thank you for using us as we're living in the good soil because it's about kingdom. It's not even about New Covenant Church. It's about kingdom. It's about kingdom, Lord. We want to see the kingdom kingdom established. We want to see people saved. We want to see people discipled. In Jesus' name, amen.